So we're ready to wrap up week five of Take a Walk, which has been such a cool journey for us as a church to be a part of. Take a Walk was this idea that we would look at some of the people who walked alongside Jesus as he had his time here on earth, eyewitnesses to his life to see what they actually had to say about him. So we've had a phenomenal five weeks of doing that. We started off with his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. We then looked at what Jesus himself had to say about himself on Easter Sunday. We took a look at Thomas and as he dealt with doubt and what that looked like. And then last week, Adam Boyle, who was here, took a look at Judas and what it actually looks like when betrayal creeps in to your life. But today, we're going to talk about a guy who struggled with a couple of different things. I'm really excited about the t- today's message. In fact, if I were to be honest, I would say this is my favorite message in the series that we will get an opportunity to do. But before we kind of go there, I have a question to ask you. And this question, when you answer it, because you're not going to answer it out loud, but you're going to answer it in your mind, is going to put a name into your head or into your heart. And it might be your own name, right? Because I have a, when I asked myself this question for the first time, there were many names that kind of creeped into my mind and heart, and my name was even one of them. And so here's the question that I have to ask you, and you're going to come up with something based on this, so just be ready for it, okay? Who in your life do you know? Who in your life do you know? And it could be you. Who in your life do you know that is the biggest hot mess that you know, right? Who, and I'm talking like, okay, and maybe it is you, like, because like I have a bunch of hot messes in my life, and like one of them's my buddy, like, you know him, he does the announcements, John, right? And like, you want to, I mean, he's a hot mess, right? And I'm talking like the Kim Kardashian, right? He's like, that is what, and then so like we, Caitlin and I were on vacation last week, and she looked at me one day, and she's like, can I just tell you something? I was like, what? And she's like, you are a hot mess. And I was like, me? And she's like, yes, for years, let's move on, okay? But what, what I want to just bring that up in your mind and like heart is, is to, to kind of figure out, okay, who's the person in your life who's just drama, who's just is always starting stuff and stirring the pot and riling it up, and he's the fan, or he or she's the person at the family dinners that is causing the drama, and more than likely, if you're a hot mess, you probably take way too long to get ready to go out, right? Like that is like another, that's just a thing that I've seen, Okay. I want you to kind of put that like name or face or whatever just in your mind and heart as we kind of move through today's message because it's going to be important and it's going to be brought back up. But take a walk. So let's talk a little bit of history because if you remember, there were these ancient Jewish people who were the first recorded interaction in history uh, between God and man. And those people actually kind of fell from God. And evil entered the world. Darkness entered the world. And it was said that the only way that these people, these ancient Jewish people, could be made right with God again was by waiting for the Messiah. This individual that would come to earth, that should you decide to say, yes, I believe the Messiah is who he said that he is, that then humanity, Humanity, yourself would once again be made right with God. And sure enough, there was a guy who started walking the earth, and his birth was actually a miracle. We talked about that the first week. There was a guy walking the earth who started to claim to be this Messiah, this person that these people had been waiting for, and that was Jesus. That was Jesus. He was claiming that, hey, you've been waiting for this guy. You've been waiting for him to show up. Guess what? I'm here. And he said, here's what you do. Say yes, and then go figure out how to love your neighbor as yourself. It's that simple. And we've complicated it again. But if you go back and look at the words of Jesus, it's actually that simple. So this Messiah had arrived on the earth. And this Messiah with this movement started to gain some traction 
started to gain some momentum. He started to gain followers, people who were interested in what he had to say and were starting to believe this. And those people were called his disciples. Now, this is a word that's used in the ancient scripture, but it does really just mean followers, or you can even consider it his best friends, the people who walked alongside of him, the people who helped him do what he needed to do, the people who were actually, don't miss this, the people who were eyewitnesses to the events of the time, the people who were eyewitnesses to what Jesus was doing, those were his disciples, okay? Those were the people who were around him the most. And today, we are going to talk about, arguably, arguably, as we look at the final week and take a walk, arguably the most important disciple of the 12. We're going to talk about, arguably, the guy who is the most important, and it definitely was the guy who was documented the most in the ancient scriptures. This guy was a big deal. He meant something, and his name was Peter. Some of you might have even heard um, him called Simon before. Simon Peter might be another variation of his name. And if you're from a Catholic background or you're, in, uh, you're still you know, in the Catholic faith, you would know this guy as Saint Peter. And you would know him. This is important to realize because we're going to talk about this. You would know him as the first pope. The pope in the Catholic faith, faith is a really big deal. And this guy was important to them. This guy was the very, very first one. So Peter is actually a really big deal. So Jesus was interacting with his disciples in the book of Matthew, and he started to ask them some questions. And this is where we kind of get our first glimpse into Peter and who he is. Check this out. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Meaning, who do people say that I am? Hey, boys, who do people say that I am? What's the scuttlebutt? What's, what, what are they talking about? Who are people saying that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, this is the guy we're talking about today, this is the guy, final week, take a walk. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, the son of the living God, a God that is bigger than we could ever understand or imagine, the creator of the universe and all things, not some white guy with a beard sitting on a cloud, right? This, is, this, is, this God is huge. This God is bigger than we could ever grasp or imagine. And Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah. That's who you are. And Jesus replied with this. It's so important. This is, don't miss this. You are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my Father in heaven, the God that we just described, has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And this next verse that I'm going to put up on the screen, you could argue this is the most controversial verse in the history of Christianity, in the history of the Christian faith. This verse is probably the main verse that is cited for why denominations first began, different sects of the Christian faith. This verse is controversial. This verse is meaningful and it's deep for some people. And I want us to understand what this means. Now I say that you are Peter. So Jesus said, no longer Simon Peter. I'm going to change your name to Peter. Why did Jesus change his name? I don't know. Ask him, okay? Here's the deal. Now that you are Peter, which means, don't miss this, rock. And upon this rock, 
I will build my church. And so, people who are in different denominations take this verse in a little bit of a different way. This is why Peter was the first pope of the Catholic faith. It's important for us to understand that. But we would kind of be in the camp that the rock is actually Jesus, his salvation, his story, the Messiah. And Peter is just somebody who is a main important guy, but he's helping carry that out. He's helping that message be spread. It's important to understand kind of how essential and important Peter was in doing that. And Jesus said, hey, you're Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Not a building, not an organization, but a group of people who are a part of this love your neighbor as yourself movement, loving God by loving other people. Now, kind of established who Peter is. Peter is important. God kind of revealed that to Peter. Peter said, Jesus, you are the Messiah. Now, I want to talk about something else. I want to go back to this idea of miracles. I want to go back to this Thing, miracles, the impossible becoming possible. And what happened one day when Jesus and his disciples fed about 5,000 people. Because see, and Peter was there, which is why we talk about it. See, what happened was is that Jesus and his disciples were traveling from place to place and they were starting to have crowds follow them. They were starting to have a group of people in kind of masses follow them. And the disciples were always saying to these crowds, Leave him be, leave him alone, we don't, you don't need to come by him. And Jesus said, no, bring, bring him to me, right? And so these crowds of people would gather around Jesus. And this particular one day, there were people who were hungry. And so the disciples were like, we're going to go get him something to eat. And Jesus said, no, bring me those five loaves of bread and two fish. And the scripture says that when Jesus held them and looked up to heaven, that they were actually able to feed 5,000 people, a miracle. The impossible becoming possible. Well, after this day was over, I can only imagine that it was exhausting for these guys and what happened. So Jesus said to his disciples, hey, go get in a boat and go across the Sea of Galilee. I'll meet you there eventually, but just go across the Sea of Galilee. Well, what happened was, is when they started to do that, they got out into the middle of the sea and a storm started to churn. There was this big, big storm. There was wind and rain, you can only imagine. And the scripture says that the waves of the storm started to beat against the boat and the disciples were terrified. They were very scared. So Jesus, what he did is he decided to perform another miracle and he started to walk on water toward the disciples. Now imagine this, okay? You're seeing this thing, the impossible becoming possible, and you're in the middle of a storm, and you see now what would appear to be a mysterious figure walking towards you. The scripture says that they were absolutely terrified. As you know what, if you're on the intercoastal in a storm, and you see some dude walking towards you on water, you'd probably be a little spooked as well, okay? So they were terrified, and this is what it said. But Jesus spoke to them at once, and he said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter, this guy we're talking about, called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come. So Peter, focused on Jesus, eyesight right in line with him, is about to start walking on water as well. So Peter went over to the side of the boat, 
and walked on water toward Jesus. Another miracle, another impossible becoming possible. And these events are sometimes even not comprehensible to us because they're, they're so kind of out there, but these are miracles. These are things that shouldn't happen that are happening because of Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, talking about Peter, when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. So here you have one of his best friends, a faithful guy, loves Jesus, is now losing focus on him, looking around at the storm. He's sinking. He says, save me, Lord. Jesus immediately, don't miss this word, it's super important. He immediately reached out his hand and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? Here's what I want you to know about Peter and this moment. And this is where it gets practical for our own life. This is where it gets practical for day-to-day living for all of us. There will be moments in faith when you slip. There will be moments in faith when you are in line with Jesus, doing what you're supposed to do. You are loving your neighbor as yourself around you, and you are acting as we are supposed to, but there will be moments in faith when you slip. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse to do stupid things and mess your life up. That's not an excuse for that, but here's what the truth is. It's a reality. Any of us who would tell you that they've been a follower of Jesus or a part of the Jesus movement for a long time would tell you we've all slipped and all messed up. And that's not an excuse to just go out and do dumb stuff, but it's a reality that it happens. But here's what you need to understand and know. So often when people slip in their faith, so often when people mess up, when they hit a pothole in the road, whatever that looks like for you in your life, a lot of times when it happens, We give up. We give up on God. We give up on the church. We give up on Jesus all because we slipped. But Jesus does not give up on us. We know that because when Peter, one of his closest friends, slipped, he immediately reached out his hand and pulled him up. There will be moments in your faith when you slip. If you're around long enough, trust me, it will happen. It probably has happened before. It probably will happen again. Here's what's so interesting about that story and Peter walking on water and sinking. You remember when I first started the message and I told you that Jesus told him that he would be the rock and on this rock I will build my church? Chronologically, in the book of Matthew, the sinking into the water happened before Jesus told him that. So Jesus looks at a guy, Peter, who doubted and slipped And he still said to him, with all that, upon you, I will build my church. See, Peter was this guy, and we've kind of coined this phrase. This is something that we really want to just, it's kind of cheesy, but we like it anyway. We think Peter was a hotshot disciple. We think Peter was one of these guys who just kind of thought he was all that. Don't miss this. Peter was always kind of getting in arguments with people. Peter was arguing with Jesus from time to time. Peter was a guy who was always getting in fights. Peter was the guy who was, you know, doubting and, and having a lack of faith and, and, and we're telling Jesus he loved him and we're going to see what happens next. But don't miss this. You know what Peter is? He was a hotshot disciple. He thought he was all that. So then 
Jesus, we talked about on Easter, that Jesus was put on trial and that he was about to die and be crucified. And Jesus told Peter, before that was happened, he goes, hey, Peter, come here. He goes, I just want you to know something. Um, when I'm in there, you're going to deny knowing me. Peter goes, Jesus, what are you talking about? I would never deny knowing you. He goes, yeah, um, not only are you going to deny knowing me, but you're going to deny knowing me three times. Deny knowing you three times. I love you. I, you. You're my best friend. I would never deny knowing you. That's like my buddy John, the guy who does the announcements. That's like him going to jail, right? Because it could happen, right? He could end up in jail. That's like John going to jail and going, hey, uh, I'm going to call you when I'm in jail to bail me out, and I'm going to go, yeah, buddy, I got you, okay, right? So he calls me, you know, from the slammer, and he goes, hey, I'm here. I need you to come bail me out, and I go, who is this, right? Which the odds of that happening are extremely likely, just so you know. Just be aware of that someday, okay? But Jesus said, to, okay, this is what Jesus said. You're going to deny knowing me three times, and then, don't miss this. He goes, and then a rooster is going to crow. That's how you'll know it happened. So sure enough, they put Jesus on trial in front of this guy named Pilate. And outside, the disciples kind of were hanging out, and Peter was there, and he was warming himself by a fire. He was warming his hands. And he had already denied knowing Jesus once. He had already denied that he knew his best friend once. Why? Because he was scared. He didn't know what would happen to him if he said that he knew that guy. So in the book of John, chapter 18, verse 25 through 27, meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him again for the second time, hey, you're not one of his disciples, are you? Are you one of them? He denied it, saying, no, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, remember I told you, he was like a rowdy guy, like getting in fights, like trying to defend Jesus, like, okay, so whose ear Peter had cut off, like, I cut the guy's ear off, right, okay, asked, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed, just as Jesus had told him that it was going to happen. It came true. Peter did it, and then that rooster crowed. Eyewitnesses, historical events about a guy named Peter, once named Simon. Here's what I want you to know about Peter. A guy who was constantly getting in arguments, a guy who was constantly getting in fights, a guy who denied knowing Jesus, and a guy who had a ton of of doubt. Here's what I want you to know. Peter's a hot mess. Peter is a hot mess. He was like, I never get this line right. They all like they John like we always like say like, hey, say this line, it's really funny. They'll laugh at it and I never get it right. But he's like three times the hot and like four times the mess. Like, right? Boy, was that not brutal. I don't know why I keep trying that. Anyway, here's the deal. Peter is a hot mess mess. From start to finish, this guy is a disaster. This guy was a rabble rouser. This guy was somebody that if you probably knew of him and saw him coming, you'd go, I'm steering clear of this guy. This guy is trouble and he's not faithful and he's denying, right? He's not denying Jesus. Peter's a hot mess. 
Here's what I want you to know. Based on who you thought of earlier, when I asked you who was the biggest hot mess that you knew in your life, and maybe it was you, you're probably a hot mess too. Meaning, you know what? In your life, there's probably a lot of stuff that goes on that would lead people to believe or you to believe about yourself that you're a hot mess. Whether you like to stir it up, whether you have doubt, whether you get in physical battles with people, because it's happened to some of us, right? More than likely, you're probably a hot mess too. So let's go back. What did Jesus say to Peter, the guy who was a hot mess? Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Want to know what I love about this series the most? About taking a look at these people in this series who walked alongside Jesus? What I love most about taking a look at their lives and their encounters and their experiences? What I love more than anything is this. These people are just like us. They weren't any different than me or you. They dealt with the same normal, everyday issues that every single one of us deal with. And a lot of us, if we were going to be honest, if we had struggled with all the stuff that Peter did, fights, doubts, denying the Messiah, having faith and taking your eyes off of him, which a lot of us struggle with every single day. A lot of us would say, no, you know what? I'm giving up. But Jesus looked at Peter and he said, no, nobody. You, you're the guy. You're the guy who's going to help carry this message. You're going to carry this football down the field. And if I were being honest, if Peter hadn't done what he did and he hadn't helped spread the message of Jesus, we probably would not be sitting right where we're sitting today. Peter's a mess. You and me are a mess too. You are a mess, but God wants to use you anyway. Think about that. A guy who was one of his best friends struggled with the exact same things that we struggle with day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, and God said to him, I want to use you anyway. So whatever you're dealing with, because you're dealing with something, you are, I know, because I am. Whatever you're dealing with, never, ever let that take you out of the game. Jesus reaches his hand down to save Peter in an extremely weak moment. And you know what? He could have just let him drown, but he didn't. And he doesn't to you either, regardless of how much of a mess you are. Because you're one. I know. I'm two. And I'll never forget sitting with Caitlin last week, and she told me I was a hot mess. And she goes, after she said what she said, I said, well, what can I do? She goes, it doesn't matter. God can use you anyway. Remember, didn't you write that for this Sunday? I said, yeah. She goes, just go back and read your own notes. Okay. But it's true. It's so true. Don't let it take you out of the game. 
Don't let it take you away from God. Don't let it take you away from Jesus. Don't ever let it take you away from the church. Don't ever, don't ever let it take you away from how special and important this is and how much this means. You're a mess, but God wants to use you anyway. Let me pray for us. Dear God, we, um, sometimes you're just overwhelmed with how fun this place can be, but how real it can be. And about how real the issues that so many of us have going on in our lives are from start to finish. They could be small, they could be big, it doesn't matter. But anywhere in between, we're probably a mess just like Peter was if we were to be honest with ourselves. And you said to him, much like you say to us, I still want to use you. I still want to work in your life. I still want to, you to be a part of something like this with other people who are on the same path. So God, help us to recognize that and to never let our mess take us out of this game. Never let our mess take us away from what matters the most. And above all else, because you said it was most important, we ask that you would help us at the end of the day to love our neighbor as ourselves. In Jesus' name, we pray.